grand courtroom with a view of Wish Mountain several minutes later. The prosecutor is all smiles as he stands by the pew where Hon Ashman is sat on a tall stool. Across the court, on a bench, Rez is flanked by two guards. For a moment, Rez Dunter meets Hon Ashman's idle gaze. Rez is the first to look away. What is your current profession, Mr. Ashman? <clears throat> I own and run my own pub. But you've only been a pub owner for about a month. Yeah. What was your trade before then? As a young man, I worked for the baseline guard on the North Rim. After I retired, I became a bounty hunter over Cursed. Did that for 40 years. And is that how you know Mr. Dunter? Yeah. He was my assistant. Murmurings of doubt from the peasantry and nobility. Conferring from the three honorable judges. Res Dunter sits unblinking, seeing nothing. And what were Mr. Dunter's duties? Preparing meals, sewing, running errands, <laughs> women's work. Did Mr. Dunter ever help you dispatch of the accursed you faced in your line of work? No. He stayed in the wagon when I went on a hunt. The courtroom feels like it's tilting like a ship at sea for Jerez Dunter. Is this really happening? You mean to say Jerez Dunter never fought alongside you? He fought with me once. And that was the blood drinker incident at Baywater? Yeah. Which is strange, because Jerez Dunter hasn't mentioned you at all. Han and Jerez lock eyes for a moment before Jerez looks away again. Honorable judges, I ask for Han Ashman to give his account of the blood drinker incident. What purpose is there in Ashman's testimony? If Mr. Ashman is to be believed, then his testimony should reveal in exact detail the kind of man Jerez Dunter really is. Very well. Proceed. Mr. Ashman, if you please. It's so quiet in the courtroom, the creak of Han Ashman's prosthetic arm can be heard as he adjusts it. Harris and I traveled to Baywater for the firework festival. Something I wanted to see since I was a boy. We arrived to find the district in crisis. Most of the young population weak with anemia... A cast can be particular about their prey. In this case, the blood of the old man in Baywater wasn't to their taste. Baywater Shantytown. Street. Daytime. Just like Jerez Dunter's telling of the sick civilians strewn in the street, the same pestilent mist in the air. Unlike before, Aunt Ashman emerges from the mist. I've seen this pestilence before. Come, Res. Han strides off, followed by Jerez Dunter, who pulls along a mule-led wagon. I sent Res to speak with our deputy mayor, to secure payment once the hunt was done. I then sought a rounding up what men and provisions I could. Grand courtroom with a view of Wish Mountain. 
And Jerez Dunter, who previously was in your employ for several months, who never joined you on a hunt, suddenly just decides to tag along. Jerez <laughs> didn't show much interest until one of the civilians told us what the blood drinker he saw looked like. For the record, let it be known Mr. Dunter is making a gesture of two large breasts on his chest. Once again displaying incredible immaturity. Han Ashman mimes his own slightly smaller assessment of the breasts in question. I'd say smaller, about this big. Mr. Ashman? <clears throat> they could have been bigger. Was there some bewitchment going on with these accursed and their cursed breasts? What great importance, pray tell me, does the size of their breasts have to do with the incident? I don't suppose they do. So I propose, from here on out, there be absolutely no mention whatsoever of any breasts unless they have substantive imports moving forward. <sighs> yeah. The prosecutor needs to take a moment, closing his eyes to keep his composure. He goes to his happy place. Please continue, Mr. Ashman. Come evening, we set out to the dockyard where the killings started. Large storage courtyard and small boat dock. Dusk. The plan was simple. The volunteers would engage with the accursed by the hut. Harris and I would use mortars from above the top right wall. On Ashman, Harris Dunter, and the two dozen old men, including the same fishermen, old men in military uniform, and the pyrotechnist. Han talks in whispers we can't hear to the men. He points through the archway entrance to the courtyard where a flight of stone steps built into the wall can be seen. Now Jerez and Han are arguing soundlessly, watched on by the old volunteers. Jerez objected to the plan since it meant the old volunteers would be in the line of fire. I told Jerez there was no way we were going to get a clean shot without a distraction. Why else would I bring a bunch of old folks? Grand Courtroom, with a view of Wish Mountain. You mean to say you knowingly led the volunteers to their deaths? Rumblings of disapproval from the peasantry and nobility. I told them up front what my plan was before we left for the hunt. Then what happened? Large storage courtyard and small boat dock. Dusk. The old volunteers walk under drizzling rain toward the old storage hut like before. Res Dunter emerges in the middle of the moving formation. From a raised position, Res Dunter and the volunteers are seen through a targeting sight. The eye looking down it belongs to Han, who is perched on the top right wall with two mortars propped up and ready to fire. Row upon row of fireworks are lined up by Han's bent left knee. Dusk turns to night. The old volunteer, with Jerez Dunter half-obscured among their ranks, look toward the old storage hut. Uncertainty. Where are the blood drinkers? What happens now? Should we knock? Go on, then. Well, we can't be waiting around all night. Oi! Good one, lad. I said fucking oi! With a haunted house creak, the storage hut door slowly opens, red liquid spilling out like before. 
Where the three blood drinkers from Jerez Dunter's version of the incident were as identical as triplets, these blood drinkers are each distinct. The main distinction among the three pale-skinned, gorgeous blood drinkers are their immediate sense of maturity. The first blood drinker, standing confidently ahead of the other two, though youthful, embodies a somewhat more masculine Sigourney Weaver-esque authority. The second blood drinker, stood sullenly by the storage hut door, has an outcast breakfast club-style moodiness about her. The third blood drinker is restless and already caked in blood, though in her apparent twenties her energy and enthusiasm is that of a sugar-fueled ten-year-old. Both volunteers and accursed use these first few moments to size the other up as the rainfall thickens. Fresh! The old volunteers, including Jerez Dunter, ignite their flares. An eagle-eye viewer might see Jerez still has one spare. The courtyard is bathed in two dozen burning red flare lights. I see you've all come prepared. Understand, every single one of you will die if you choose to test us. Why don't you leave? Now. This will be the only chance you get. We ain't afraid. Yeah. We ain't afraid. We ain't afraid. A pained cry from one of the old veterans. His flare drops to the wet cobblestone with him toppling over right after. A moment of silence. Two volunteers spring to his aid. He just croaked. Send him to the back. The two volunteers awkwardly pull the dead volunteer veteran into their ranks. I told him not to come. He's got a weak heart. Meanwhile, this little show of just how fragile the old volunteers are dawns on Jerez Dunter. He begins to slink to the back of the formation. With their keen, otherworldly vision, the blood drinker spy Han Ashman knelt on the top wall, ready to fire his mortar. Watch for him. There doesn't appear to be an exact moment when the fight begins. It is simply upon them. The difference from this fight compared to Jerez Dunter's version is substantial. It's a one-sided slaughter. Jerez Dunter, looking only for escape, hurries among the massacre, narrowly avoiding death. The first and second blood drinkers are ruthless, punching their fists through chests and skulls, swiping off limbs, tearing away chunks of flesh wet with blood. Fireworks explode all around. Several volunteers are on fire, screaming madly. Rez staggers, falls, momentarily caught on fire before a puddle puts it out. How long it's been is unclear, though less than half of the volunteers remain. Res Dunter has stood staggering onward now. With inhuman speed, the first blood drinker, elsewhere before, now stands before Jerez Dunter with murderous intent in her eyes. Rez is saved by the whistle of an incoming firework, not on their location, instead shrieking toward the obvious third blood drinker who is busy picking chunks out of a writhing old volunteer. The first blood drinker, forgetting Jerez, leaps with inhuman strength, speed, and grace into the air so that she can slap the firework off its course. A 
Amid this confusion, Horez Dunter takes his chance to flee into the old storage hut. For a moment, the second blood drinker can be seen avoiding the attacks of two old volunteers with ease. She doesn't strike back and is the only one of the three not drenched in blood. The first blood drinker's right arm up to the elbow has been blasted away. Grand Courtroom with a view of Wish Mountain. From what you've told us so far, Jerez Dunter cowardly ran away from the battle to leave the other men, including you, to die. I take full responsibility for the deaths of those men. I don't blame Jerez Dunter for running. No? He left you and what men were still left to die, did he not? Not quite. Resdunter and Han meet eyes again. Tell me, if you were so hopelessly outmatched as you say, how on earth did you beat them? Yeah, that's the thing. The judges, peasantry, and nobility are wrapped with attention. Han and Jerez Dunter both seem to feel the weight of importance of whatever Han intends to say next. By sheer dumb luck, Jerez burned two of those blood drinkers alive. I took out the other. Jerez Dunter doesn't look like a man happy to have his take on the incident at least partially validated. The judges confer, the peasantry and nobility whisper among themselves. In this moment, the folly of the trial weighs heavily on Jerez Dunter the voices of the courtroom blurring into muffled chatter. Grand Royal Palace Corridor adjacent to Engagement Ball Hall. Night. Res Dunter unzips and sees to peeing onto an exotic plant in a large pot. Instant relief follows. The stream of pee ongoing. Rez, listening to the orchestral music and sound of merry drunken nobility emanating from down the corridor. A splash of golden light, catching Jerez's fresh ball attire nicely. He looks back to the plant, pee still ongoing. Footsteps draw close. What are you doing? Rez Dunter looks over his shoulder to see a servant girl with a Cinderella-like purity about her. She's holding a tray of expensive wines, looking both shocked and a little amused at what Jerez is doing to that poor plant. Hey, 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 just, just a sec. This is the royal palace? I couldn't find the lavatory. Look, my apologies, I'm almost there. You'll be in serious trouble for this. (laughs) Probably. Are you Jerez Dunter? Nah. Who's he? Liar. The servant girl leaves, heading away from the party, down the corridor, taking a right down another corridor to two large double doors. She enters. In this time, Jerez, Dunter, hasn't moved from the pea-drenched plant. Jerez is torn between rejoining the party and something else. He decides to walk from the party, following the same route as the servant girl. Jerez reaches the same two large double doors. Rez can see light shining through the cracks in the doors. People move within. There's the sound of smashing glass and several hard thuds. Please stop, no! moves to open the double doors. He thinks for a moment. Does he really want to do this? He could turn around and leave. 
The servant girl screams, but the scream is cut short. Perez, hating himself for doing so, opens the double doors. Royal Palace, Grand Library, Night, Continued. Perez steps inside to see a huge library filled with hundreds of books, possibly thousands. There's a huge fireplace. In front of the fireplace, two men, the prince and the prince's guard. The prince, heavily inebriated, has the servant girl pinned down and bent over a large table. The servant girl is in distress, her eyes filled with terror. Please help me. The prince and his guard realize they're not alone. Get out! Can't you see we're busy? Perez doesn't move, being very cautious. Didn't you hear me? The prince thrusts the servant girl into the waiting arms of his guard, who keeps her from getting away. The prince swipes a wine bottle from the table, boots treading over broken glass as he steps closer to Jerez. Oh joy! If it isn't our guest of honor, the legend, the hero, Jerez Danta. As you can see, we're a little busy. The prince puts a hand into his lavish outfit, retrieving a thick velvet sack of coins. Here. The prince chucks the sack of coin, which land at Jerez's feet. A long moment. Jerez meets the desperate gaze of the servant girl who mouths the words, Please. Jerez Dunter moves. The prince and his guard flinch, ready for trouble. Jerez picks up the sack of coins. Coins in hand, he turns quickly on his heels and leaves the library. The servant girl's hope fades as the doors shut in Jerez's wake. Royal Palace Corridor, adjacent to library, continued. Jerez Dunter hurries down the corridor until he reaches the same plant pot from before. He looks to the sack of coins in his hand. The coins gleam gold. The music and nobility are within earshot again. Rez looks in the direction of the party and the safety it promises. Rez visibly unravels as a man who knows the weight of his choices are upon him. A momentary image of the servant girl's desperate, pleading look for help floods Rez's mind. Royal Palace Library The doors to the library open, Rez Dunter entering to find the prince's guard still has a hold of the servant girl. The prince stands close by with his pants round his ankles and an unflattering bulge in his underwear. Resdunter chucks the sack of gold coins onto the floor. That's enough. Ah, this bastard! Himrich! The prince's guard, Heimrich, thrusts the servant girl to the ground and draws his rapier. Quickly approaching Resdunter. A clumsy confrontation ensues. Res cowardly dancing out of the way of Heimrich's drunken rapier swings and lunges. Get him, Heimrich! Get him! Heimrich tries a daring lunge, tripping on the sack of gold coins. This momentary lapse in attack leaves Res Dunter with the room to attack. Res tries a single punch. It lands with enough force to drop Heimrich like a sack of bricks, rendering the man unconscious. And this time, the servant girl has risen to her feet and hurried over to stand behind Jerez, holding on to him for dear life. Oh, you've done it now. You've gone and gotten me very angry. A oh, bloody hell, God, there's no need for this. It's then the prince's foot snags on his pants, causing him to stagger, trip, fall, and in the next instant stab himself in the throat with his own dagger.
Perez and the servant girl look at the prince in stunned silence as the prince gargles up blood, choking to death in seconds. His blood pools thick and royal red across the library floor. The sound of many heavy boots draws near. 